to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you love running or eating, you'll love this show. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas. Hi, this is Monica from Run, Eat, Repeat, and today I'm answering your questions from Instagram. I recently posted an Instagram story and asked, do you have any questions on running or eating or random? And I got questions on all of those things. And some of them are super awesome questions that really deserve their own post or own video, which is coming. But since I put it out there, I wanted to make sure that I was answering and at least acknowledging all of these in case you were kind of waiting for some sort of running, eating, or random advice, right? Okay. The first one is from Pocket Change Realtor. He asked, what's the difference between an interval and a repeat? And for those that aren't familiar with these terms, we're talking about interval repeat in reference to speed work for running plans. And a lot of times, if you were to get a training plan that had a specific goal to it, it might say something like 800 meter repeat or a certain distance interval in kind of in between or during your run, whatever is prescribed that day. So it is a reference to speed work with running. The difference is oftentimes, and I am kind of guilty sometimes of using these interchangeably and they're not, an interval is kind of like an interval workout where you are doing harder spurts mixed in with the rest of your run. A repeat is a set distance, set pace that you were doing to the best of your ability, you have some recovery time, and then you repeat it. So um, those are kind of just like offhand. The difference is that it's kind of in the recovery time and oftentimes like the distance and the speed versus effort level for those. The next question is from, actually, I got a very similar question from a couple of people about what I use for hydration when I'm running. Do I use a fuel belt, camelback, handheld water bottle? Um, someone said that they, they don't see that I normally have any type of water with me during a marathon. So to answer this, during a full marathon and half marathon, I, for the most part, don't use a water bottle. I don't use like a fuel belt or a handheld or a camelback um, because I feel like Races are super expensive. And at the very least, can you just like put out some freaking water for me? (laughs) I just don't want to have to carry my own water during a race, ideally. And I have for very hot races, races where I know there's not going to be a lot of aid stations, for trail races for sure, which is a whole other topic. Um, But for road races specifically, I don't usually carry water with me. I have a camelback. I have a fuel belt, more than one, that has little water bottles, and I have more than one handheld water bottle. And I think this is one of those videos that I kind of want to talk about each one of those separately. But for the most part, I use them for long runs and training, but not for races. And I am a fan. Like, you need to be hydrated. Getting dehydrated really hurts your running, so it is very important. But I try to find ways to work around it so that I don't have to use one of those things for a race. This question, I think, is from Shellsters1. She says, hi, Monica, you are awesome. Thank you so much for giving me motivation. Um, I'm in New York, so I'm using a treadmill. Any advice for run and walk speeds? I know everybody is different. Just want to hear your opinion. I would say that your walk speed should be something that is a pace you can keep and be very conversational. You can just talk 
you know, like you're taking a walk with a friend somewhere and then your run pace should be a little bit more, you're out of breath. You might not be able to talk in full paragraphs. You can still talk. Um, and then speed work takes it that much further where, or hill training, anything like that, where it is harder for you to keep up a conversation and, or use something like that or effort level to figure out what those speeds should be. Yes. I'm not going to give you specific speeds though, because if you are getting used to running, walking and how fast you are, it's just super important to let your body guide you while being honest with yourself and knowing, is this too easy? Is this too hard? If you feel like this should be an average run, you know, where I'm giving, it's like an easy run. So my effort level is running, but easy, like just kind of track where you are if you want to get faster, because I think this is most of the time why people ask and assess your progress that way. But it, everyone really is different, especially as you are getting to longer distances. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. Jaime Flores or Jamie, which one is it? Asked, ever not had red hair? Um, I did try to bleach my hair at one point after college. I don't know if I was having a situation like a nervous breakdown or what. And it looked really bad. Um, it was like very obviously fake and it made me like my entire body look all one color. Like it was just like, it seemed like my hair was the same color as my face. I don't know. And it made me look, it just like, it, it didn't, I didn't look healthy for sure. And it wasn't like a good job because I kind of just had my, no, I did go to a salon and then it wasn't all the way blonde. So then I had my sister-in-law do more of it. It was just, I didn't know what I was doing. And I'm also not the kind of person to keep those things up. So I had no business even trying to do that. It was no bueno, but anyways, but outside of that in my life, no, I was born with red hair and I still have red hair. Um, someone else, another running, another hair question from run, mare, run. Hi, Monica, your hair has grown a lot and gorgeous. Are you doing something different? I try to grow mine out all the time. And by the time I get it trimmed, there's a couple of inches that need to be out. I always wait too long. Um, am I doing anything different? I am not really. I have been getting a lot of questions on if I'm taking any supplements. I take my normal supplements that I've always taken and I could put a link to those in the blog post for this. So you can check that out what I'm taking. So I am trying to be better about taking supplements and those things. And I just try to eat well and get enough sleep for sure. And I think, and I probably, I pro I might need to get it trimmed. I probably have split ends. I just, maybe I'm bad. Okay. Um, next question is from JB Hymas. Do you miss Ben as much as I miss him on your blog? For those that don't know, Ben is my ex and he was on the blog a lot. I, I knew we were just dating when I started the blog and we got married and we are not together anymore. So that is a huge relationship in a nutshell. I, well, I don't know how much you miss him on the blog. So it's hard for me to compare how much I miss him versus how much you miss him. Um, I think that I, he is super fun and he's a really good sport, which I know not everyone is like, not everyone's partners, people that 
kind of do blogging or videos or whatever, or social media. Not everyone is with someone that is willing to kind of play along. And he was a good sport about it. So I miss that for sure. But I think outside of that, I'm okay. I'm okay. You're okay. That's the goal. Liz Thurston Kreitler said, um, I follow you, love all your posts and appreciate you're so authentic. I've wondered for a while, do you follow slash love Jesus? I love Jesus. I want to make a joke about following him on Instagram, but I think he is on Instagram. I think there's someone that has an account. I know there's a God account on Twitter that is very sarcastic. It is not someone that is trying to really represent God, but I grew up Catholic and I went to Catholic school from first through 12th grade. And I'm a fan of Jesus. It's probably uh, just um, my faith is probably the only, like, it's so important. I can't imagine in going back to my breakup with Ben or just other times in my life, I, you know, losing my grandma or just like other loss or trials in life. I, I just think without my faith, I would not have been able to um, keep going sometimes or to stay positive or to just keep a good perspective on things. So, yes. Okay. Next question. M.M. Scott 9 said, I post this question before realizing it's best sent DM. Do you follow a specific plan to stay in half marathon shape? I would like to keep running after my first half in a couple weeks. Also, I appreciate your podcast on fueling. Um, I'm new to running, so this has been helpful. I don't follow a specific plan, but at the same time, like you're saying you just finished your first half and you want to stay in shape. Like I did my first half no over nine years ago, probably now. So don't compare and you should never compare yourself to a stranger on the internet. Like, Wait, who am I? I'm just some weirdo. But um, I would say maybe go back to the plan that you use for that half and do the first couple of weeks alternating so that you are still running consistently. So it's keeping it a part of your life and a part of your schedule, but it is not too taxing on your body. Um, and you can still incorporate other things, ideally, And so it kind of keeps you in shape without burning you out or having any risk of injury. So that might be something you want to consider. And Shell T. Bell said, ever feel unmotivated to do a long run? How do you get unstuck? I have a half coming up and I just don't want to run. She put a lot of periods in there. Um, I need to get motivated. Send help. I think you've got to keep the main thing, the main thing. You've got to remind yourself why you are doing this. You might not be doing it to wake up early on a Saturday and run nine miles, but you are doing it because you think running this race is going to be fun. You want to travel to this race. You want to PR. You want to be able to know that you did your best. Um, Like, Figure out what are the reasons why you signed up for this race, why you are training for this race and remind yourself of that because that is the big picture. That is eyes on the prize kind of thing. So that is how you motivate yourself because really we all have different goals and what is motivating me to get up and run every day might not be what's motivating anyone else. So it's kind of unique to you at the same time. We all have that reason, right? So whatever it is, I would write it down, Take a picture, remember it, however you need to remind yourself when you are struggling. Also using visualization, really thinking about yourself, like 
when you show up, when you are kind of like hesitant, you don't want to do this run. I want you to picture yourself on race day at the starting line. How do you want to feel getting ready to start the race? You want to feel confident. You want to feel fit. You want to feel strong. You want to feel like, yes, you know what? I did all the training. Let's see what happens today. I got this. Um, You don't want to question like, oh, did I run a lot? Should I have, you know, done something differently? I shouldn't have skipped that run. Like, I feel like race day is stressful enough already. Anyone else? Anyone else? I just, I, I still get nervous and I have run like 80 races, like both half marathons and marathons combined, but I get nervous. I think I'm going to be late. I think I'm going to get lost somehow. I think I'm going to have a bathroom emergency. I think I'm going to fall. Like I just always have stuff that I'm nervous about. Don't add to it by questioning you not doing the training, which I've also done, to be honest. I have not done all of my long runs and been extra nervous because of that. So yeah, I've super been there. Do as I say, not as I do. Shan Run said, if you miss your long run on the half marathon plan, not that I totally did that. Okay, I did. (laughs) She has her parentheses. What do you do? So let's talk about this. You miss a long run on your training plan. What do you do? First of all, a lot of people forget about it. And I know this because this is one of the most common questions I get for the record, like direct message, Instagram comments, email, like someone is like, I miss my run for whatever reason, either something happened, they were traveling, whether they got sick, they felt like they had an injury coming on, need to take it off. Like there are tons of reasons. And this happens. It super happens. If you missed one long run, get back on the plan, get back on the wagon, the running wagon that you fell off of and keep going. Just get back on the plan and move forward from here. You don't have to repeat that run because this one day isn't going to make that big of a difference. Missing one workout, one run, something that is rare. And it could be more than one over the course of a 16 week plan, potentially, if that's what you're doing. But What you do consistently matters more than what you do once in a while. So if you missed one run, get back on the plan and keep going. If this is a reoccurring thing, then you might need to find another training plan, adjust your schedule. Um, Just there might be other things that you need to kind of assess. But a one-time thing happens. And I feel like if your training plan is long enough, it kind of allows for that. But if it is more than that, then you might want to adjust your training schedule. And okay, this question is from Andrea Janae. I thought that was the last one. I was like, is this a good? It starts the same way. So, hey, Monica, let me just jump to the question. It says, how did you lose weight with intuitive eating? I think our stories are quite similar. And I used to run forever and then binge eat. Obviously that doesn't work. And I'm trying to listen to my body and eat intuitively, but I still feel like I'm not there. Did you work with a coach or something? So the question is, how did you lose weight with intuitive eating? It is a journey, especially when you are running and or binge eating because running makes us hungry, right? And some of us, maybe people that started a website called Run It Repeat, run to eat like they enjoy eating. So it is hard when 
you were kind of doing this exercise and I feel like runners love food. So it's something we talk about and you potentially follow people that, you know, have a ton of food porn on their Instagram feeds. And it's just hard to really get to a place where you are eating intuitively. And I would say it's important to not judge yourself. Like every situation that you were in with food, whether it is a day-to-day situation or a binge situation or whatever, you need to kind of look at it as a very neutral observer and just be like, okay, I'm eating this because I'm hungry. Or, oh, okay, I'm eating this because I didn't let myself eat this the other day and now I'm binging on it. Like you just want to just like assess it and not think like I am a complete piece of shit because I'm eating this ever. It is always just like, I am noticing that I'm doing this so that you get to know yourself, right? And you get to know, am I feeding myself well? Am I stressed about what I'm eating? Am I denying myself or am I overfeeding myself? All of these things. And you might want to track it somehow. And the the thing that I've mentioned before is that the easiest way, because if you have a history with any sort of eating disorder, you don't necessarily want to log all your food because that can make you crazy too. But just noticing, are you happy, neutral, or sad before and after any time you eat? And that will help give you a general idea of if you feel like you're coming from a good place, if you feel like you're fueling yourself well, or if you feel like there's any guilt associated with it. So I think you have to get to a place where you are building a trust because we kind of expect, like, I don't trust myself. So I I can't really be an intuitive eater because I don't trust myself to stop when I'm full or I don't trust myself not to just go off and eat everything in sight. Intuitive eating is not just, you know what? You can eat whatever the heck you want and it doesn't matter. No, because... Then you think, well, I'm just going to eat a box of donuts every night. Really? Like, is that what your body was asking you for? Or is that what's going to make you feel good? How did that make you feel? Did it fuel you well? Are you happy with it? Did it make you feel good? It just intuitive eating is listening to your body, respecting its needs, not being judgmental, eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full, because that's the part that is oftentimes hard if you've been a binge eater because you know that you don't stop when you're full. You stop when you feel completely sick and or when there's like no more food left. So it is a process. And I would say kind of getting to a place where you're not tracking your food, but tracking your feels like, am I happy, neutral, sad, or upset? I guess whatever the sad, like negative face, like just do those like three emojis for how you feel before and after eating. And that is kind of step one is getting to kind of rebuild that trust with your body. That trust isn't automatically there. And yeah, going from there, this might, I feel like that was a long answer and I'm still like, we should keep talking about this another time, but I don't want to make this video too long. So if you have a question for me, you can DM me on Instagram. I am at running repeat, or you can email me at running repeat at gmail.com. Yeah. But thank you so much for watching. And make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss the next episodes. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. For more information, check out runeatrepeat.com.